Hey everybody, welcome to Adventure Retired, the podcast for retired people to tell about what's out there so you can live your best retirement. We are Kurt and Cindy Liljadal, your hosts, and today we're going to start off with a new life lesson. Remember these life lessons are what I helped do to raise my students and my children. This one is be a great parent. Now a lot of you retired people are great parents or were great parents, but you can also help that younger generation. Don't be that drop-off parent that just pulls up, lets your kid out of the car and gets in, you know, and then you're on your cell phone the whole time or something like that. Listen to your kids. Be that parent that's involved in their life. It'll be your most important job you ever have. Right. There's so many great parents out there to have as a role model. There are. You look around at church or wherever you see parents, and there's so many good role models you can have. Today, we're going to talk about one of our big ventures that happened right at the beginning of our retirement. I loved this one. This was a great trip. And it was to Iceland. It wasn't really a bucket list thing until our daughters went there and came back and were raving about how beautiful it was and how neat it was. So we kind of kicked it up our list a little higher. Right. And we decided to do it a different way. We weren't going to go and just do bed and breakfast or hotels. We decided to rent a camper and drive. That worked real good. We're okay. kind of camping people. And it was just a lot funner. You can have your own agenda and do what you want to do. Right. And we realized that not a lot of people or not everybody is the type that like to camp, but we definitely are. And this was a different type of camping. We'll get into that a little bit later. So let's talk about how we started this trip. What did we do to prepare for it? You know, besides booking everything online, we actually booked some of our excursions online ahead of time and our um, camper that we did and our plane flights. You just, you prepare, you do your research, Pinterest, all those are wonderful for seeing what's in the country. That's right. And also talking to someone who's been there before. What was their highlights? And we had that with our daughters. Yeah, they loved it. All right. We went up, we left our house, we drove up to Minneapolis because that's the nearest, biggest airport from us. And we decided to use the month of October because... Again, it was off-season, we thought. Catch it between two football games for Iowa State Cyclones and off-season. And things are a little cheaper and a lot less crowded. The problem with off-season, though, sometimes is you have to really do your research and make sure things are open. True. Things could be closed because it does get a little colder up there. But we went up to Minneapolis. We did a park and ride with the Comfort Inn. That's between two and $300. You can park your car there for... 10 nights is what we were going to do, and then they will shuttle you to the airport. We did our trip to Iceland. We come back, they shuttle us back to the airport, and we spend the night. So I thought it was a pretty good deal to have your car in a safe spot, but there's a lot of other parking options too. Right, and the reason why we did do that park and ride, one of them is that we knew we were going to get back from Iceland kind of late afternoon and it was a like a three, three and a half hour drive back here to our home and we knew we'd have some jet lag. But it worked out good. So we um, got to Minneapolis. We hung out for a while. It was like a pretty much all night flight when you consider there was like a six hour time change. We left at like six in the evening, I want to say. And got there 6.30 in the morning. It was a direct flight from Minneapolis to Reykjavik. 
And as soon as we got there, we, you know, started working on the rentals and left the airport and went, found a a shuttle that took us right over to the Go Camper place. Yeah, they have buses and it took us pretty close. We had to walk about a block or two, got to Go Camper, had to wait for them to wake up or open up. But we got there, got our camper checked out. Our camper was one of these small, I don't know, it's kind of like a... um, not, not a suburban, a little smaller than a suburban, but they take out the back seats and they put like a bench in there and um, shelving underneath. Right. The bed kind of collapsed. So you can have a sofa type chair. And then at night you just move the bed over and we actually rented everything. We rented our sleeping towels, bags. sleeping bags. We made sure we had a stove. Yeah, they have the little gas burner stoves. We had a cooler that we rented. We also rented two outside chairs because we knew we would be having some fires and we would like to sit outside. And plus, you want to sit outside. You don't want to sit on the ground. If you go there, I mean, like I said, any style you want. You want to stay in five-star luxury hotels. You want to camp like we did. Or you want a tent camp. You can do anything you want. They will accommodate anything you have. And Iceland is amazing. There were hundreds, and this is in October, hundreds of campers. I mean, every road had campers everywhere. Iceland's economy is very dependent upon tourists. And you can see that when you go anytime. I can't imagine the girls went in like late July, early August. It had to be a lot more crowded than it was when we were there. Okay, so our first day we got into Reykjavik. We um, decided we're going to get the camper, got that, and... Kind of flying blind, but we, we got to it. We actually stopped at a grocery store, got just a few things to eat for that day because, you know, we were going to start our little camping excursion. So that meant bread, cheese, wine, things like that that we like to eat. Yeah, we don't like, I mean, it's great to eat local. Some of the local foods are good, but you hate to do that for every meal. So we always stock up on little snacky type things so we can take with us. And if we're moving, we can eat on the go. So we went out to Thingvellir. National Park. Okay, I'm going to give a... um, Disclaimer here? Disclaimer, yeah. (laughs) If you look at the Icelandic language, they use like every consonant in the world in one word. I know that was a big word. Oh, wow. They, They use... These words are just phenomenally long, and they have every letter in the alphabet in these words. And a few new ones that we don't have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they... um, It's a very... It seems to me... For a guy who doesn't speak any language besides Iowan and Texan, it seems to me like a very complex language. And the words, when you hear someone from Iceland speaking, it's a beautiful language. But oh my word, it is a difficult language. So So what we did is we got our map out and I would tell Kurt, okay, we're approaching S-U-L-V, the first four letters. Yeah, we would do the first three or four letters in a word and we're going to S-U-L-V and I would look on the map or whatever and that's where we would head. You know, you can try and pronounce them and we're going to. We've done our little research on Google Translate. So bear with us on the pronunciation that's a tough word to say anyway bear with us on that and we will give you the best and all the places we went will be in the show notes that cindy will type up so we started driving out to thingvellir national park and that's where silfra is that we were going to be snorkeling the next day and i think it was highway 36 and about an hour and a half drive out there okay so we got to talk about silfa oh yeah silfa our, our girls did this one, too, and it really was high on my list. 
What silpha is, it's a water seeping out of this big crack that comes from a glacier 150 miles away. So it's like super duper clean. It's been filtered through 150 miles of the, uh, the land. And what it is, it pushes out through this crack and the crack can go anywhere from three feet wide to 10, 20 feet wide. But the amazing thing about this crack is you're in between two tectonic plates, the North American tectonic plate and the Europe tectonic plate. So you literally get to snorkel dive using wetsuits, dry suits, excuse me, because the water is 34 degrees. You get to snorkel or scuba if you're certified properly between two tectonic plates. And we just wanted to make sure that we knew where this was because we had booked a time the next day. Yes, we had booked a time, so we were just kind of planning, scouting ahead, and then we were going to go camp and come back the next day. And when you think about it, this is the first real day that we are in Iceland. We had flown all night. We were both pretty tired. We got our camper and we drove out to the park and we're just, we kind of took a little short walk around the park. It's beautiful. We found where we have to check in for snorkeling. Um, we had a, a light lunch right there in the back of our car at the, at the park. And we were deciding that we were going to go to Geyser. Geyser is kind of like a mini Yellowstone. It has these geysers that go up. So we get in the, in the car and we're on the Golden Circle. The Golden Circle is about a 140-mile circle outside Reykjavik that a lot of tourists go to because you can get a lot of day trips out of the Golden Circle. And if you only have a couple days to travel in Iceland, you might just want to do only the Golden Circle, not the Ring Road like we did. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, we were heading out to Geyser and we're driving along and all of a sudden Cindy says something's not right. Yeah, um, I have some food allergy problems, and I kind of knew I was having an allergic reaction. So I looked over at her, and I see her eyes are puffing up, and I told her, I said, really? We've been in the country like six hours, and you're having one of these? And I said, I know where we've been. I have no idea where we're going, so we got to turn around and go back to the national park. And first, I tried to stop it on my own. I, you know, got my, my little kit that I brought with me that has my EpiPen and my little bit of Tylenol, uh, not Tylenol, Benadryl. Benadryl, but it just, I could tell it was going really, really fast. And between one and two and three minutes, my eyes started to swell shut. So we're driving back and I see this like part of the national park station. I go in there and I said, do you have any medical people? And they said, yeah, we have a paramedic. And this young lady comes out. She looked like she was about 22 years old and just got out of junior high. It was her first day at work, too. And um, I said, my wife's having an allergic reaction. We need someone medical. And she looked at her and she says, oh, my. She says, you're going to get in my car. We're going, they use blue lights. But she goes, we're going lights and sirens to Selfis which is the nearest hospital. Right. You, you have to go in the ambulance. You have to go. And the ambulance, we were going to meet the ambulance, which now this is my very first ambulance ride, and I was not thrilled. I did not want to go in the ambulance. Yeah, Mind you, we're in a foreign country here too. So I put her in the ambulance or in the, the car. They take off. I can't keep up with them because these roads are real whining. And so they go ahead. They meet the ambulance coming from Selfis. They take her out of the car, put her in there, get to the hospital. Meanwhile, 
I'm driving along, never been to Selfis, never seen where the hospital is, and I pull into town and find her. Bottom line, she had a allergic reaction. We did give her the uh, EpiPen, yeah. which helped. The EpiPen stopped it when we were at the park, but it still started, you know, there, it's, it doesn't happen immediately. And so by the time I got to the hospital, both eyes were swelled shut. She basically looks like a smaller version of Elephant Man, yeah, if you've ever seen bad. that movie. So I was in the hospital for about four hours. Yep. And Wonderful hospital. It was very small. There was one other patient in the emergency room, had a great doctor that spoke English. Uh, long story short, I was really glad I had my EpiPen. It wasn't an up-to-date EpiPen because uh, that's another story, but I had an EpiPen with me and I left the hospital with two up-to-date EpiPens. Yeah, they gave us a prescription for it. The other good part about this was, and we've traveled international quite a few times to different places, but I've never got insurance, like travel insurance. Not the stuff you, you know, of, oh, your flight gets canceled or you missed your flight. This was medical insurance. And for some reason, I got it on this one. It cost me about, I don't know, 80 bucks or something like that. But And I got it through a company called Global Allianz. And there's World Nomads has it and a bunch of companies out there. But it ended up helping us. It didn't pay for it right then. You got to have a credit card or something to pay for these things. Our insurance, we saved all the receipts, turned them into our insurance. Of course, it was out of network because we were out of country. But it paid for everything. We ended up getting it all paid for. Yeah, and I think the lesson learned here is as we get older or if you have any underlying health Medical problems, issues, yeah. buy the insurance. It's $80. It's $100. Well worth it. And, you know, if you never use it, great. But for sure, you know, if that one time you use it, it's going to pay for itself. Okay, after our first night in Iceland with the trip to the hospital and all. And the camper was a wonderful night. It was. We camped at a place up by Goldfoss and then had to drive back to Silfra because we were going to do the snorkeling. And that snorkeling is amazing. It was phenomenal. You're actually between two tectonic plates in water that's 34 degrees wearing a dry suit. And I was comfortable. Right. And you can actually drink the water in your mask. I mean, instead of having to empty it, you just drink it. Yeah. It was beautiful. I scuba dove in the Virgin Islands and a lot of different places. And this was by far the prettiest I've ever seen. And our dry suits kept us very buoyant. Yeah. That's the, when, if you want to scuba dive there, which we're both scuba certified, but we're not dry suit certified. That takes a whole nother certification. But it worked out. It was beautiful. And after that, we got out and we went to um, the Secret Lagoon. You want a touristy place. Once again, the Golden Circle is very touristy, but the Secret Lagoon is beautiful. And we decided that after the trip to the hospital, we needed to reward ourselves with a beer and some hot water. Yeah, it's like 50 bucks to get in there, but it's a swimming pool, naturally heated We'll talk about the Blue Lagoon later on, but this is out in the country, and it was a very beautiful swimming pool. We drove on then that night, went down to a beautiful waterfall area, and we camped at a place called Saljalanand Foss. Sure. <laughs> nice Sal- try. Saljaland Foss. Yeah. All right? S-E-L-J-A. There it's a nice place. It has these waterfalls going, cascading off, and you can walk behind them and walk up beside them. It was beautiful. It really was. Second place we went. Okay, we spent the night there. Then we got up the next day. And doing my research, there was a uh, place called 
Sell a vowel line. Okay, S E L J A. And it's one of the oldest swimming pools in Iceland. And to go to this place, it was、um, built in 1928, and it's like 25 meters long by 10 meters wide. But you do this 15, 20 minute hike. You drive to this farm, do a hike up in between two mountains, and there's this swimming pool. And it's naturally heated. Water's coming in one side from the mountain that heats it, flows out the other side into this stream going by it. And it kind of goes with the theory that if you have to walk too far, the crowds won't be bad. And we have found that if you just 15 minutes of a hike, People don't do it. Right. But this was beautiful. We were back there with some other millennials. Not that we're millennials, but we were back there. Unfortunately, they don't keep it up. I mean, the, the whole bottom of the pool was green with moss, and the, there was a lot of trash and stuff in the quote unquote dressing room. But it was a heated pool, and it was, oh my God, beautiful. It's amazing that water comes out of the mountain right into the pool. And then you see a little area where it leaves the pool and goes into a stream. Yeah. It, it was for me being a swimming pool guy, because I ran a pool for like 25 years in my career, it was a highlight.、And、I loved it. Very, very warm temperatures. Yes. Great. And then from there, we went on to Round Asora. Round Asora, whatever. It's called the R E Y N I S. It's the Black Sand Beach, and it's down by Vic. Yes. Oh, beautiful. We're talking about pebbles, little tiny pebbles of black because of volcano. Right, volcanic、uh, action and everything. And there were columns of volcano.、Um, I don't remember what they were called. Rock growth. I don't know where they it pushes up these things and they solidify into these octagons. And... Beautiful beach. Okay, from the Black Sand Beach, we went to the town of Vic, which is down there. It's one of the larger towns. A port city. Yeah, a port、mm -hmm. city, one of the larger towns in southern Iceland. And from there, we drove up, and there was another waterfall along the way. I, I forget the name of that one, but you're driving along, and you see this huge waterfall, and you see a bunch of buses, and we said, well, let's stop. So we did. That was another beautiful one. The thing I like about these waterfalls, and we'll probably mention it later. They don't have all the safety features we have in the United States. Yeah, you can go right up to the edge. Right up to the edge. They don't have rangers there saying get back. They don't have fences, warning signs. It's just like, you know, if you fall off, you're stupid. Exactly. But anyway, from there we went on to S K A F T Gaftar Sofa. Gaftar Sofa National Park. That's right. And we were going to camp there, and this is a national park. Um, once again, same kind of camping pull in, and we did about an hour and a half hike up to Svartavas yes, Falls. Yes, beautiful, beautiful hike up to a place where, again, we saw those columns that were made by the volcanoes. Yeah, it's totally beautiful. But once again, hour and a half hike, you don't get a lot of people up there to see this beautiful thing. And we'll post some of these pictures in our.、Um, Show notes that also. That was a beautiful、uh, park, too, National Park. I mean, it had huge bathrooms. It had you know, everything you could possibly want. Yeah. National parks are always good, whether you're in the United States or foreign countries. Okay. And then we camped there at the、uh, Skarvisvas. The Skartafafas National Park, blah, blah, blah. And we got up the next day and we were going to what's called Diamond Beach, which is Jokusaron. Very、Glacier.、Good. Another thing our, our daughters told us about neat place. 
There's these glaciers breaking off into this lake, Jokusaron Lake or whatever, and they float down and under this bridge and out into the ocean. So you can walk along this beach and there's little tiny icebergs going out into the ocean. In fact, last year there was a grandma that got caught in one of those icebergs and made news. Yeah. She floated away. <laughs> it wasn't us, trust me. Don't let it be you. But here we did some sea kayaking, which is very beautiful. You can rent these sea kayaks and they take you out in a tour and you get to kayak around icebergs. And they warn you, don't get too close because the iceberg can flip. But we, I mean, we were within a hand's reach of one one time. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. And the icebergs are blue. They're so cold. The oxygen level in them or whatever it makes right. them. They just, they're beautiful. And, and once again, we had to wear dry suits in case you fall in. But it's, it's neat going out there among them. These are little expeditions you pay for, but sometimes they're worth it. Sometimes they're not. You know, if, I, if I'm going to do like a, a touristy thing, which we've done that in the Black Hills and like that, sometimes you do things for the kids that you didn't really want to. But this was a true adventure. And we also booked this in advance when we were at home. And yeah. so we had kind of a deadline to get to this area. But a beautiful area all in all. Okay, we camped there that night and got up and drove to Hofen. That's right. H-O-F-I-N. Hofen. And Hofen is... Lobster capital of Iceland. Uh, we didn't eat lobster that night. But Lord, we, no, we, we couldn't... <laughs> we couldn't afford it. We, we decided that. They wanted 60 it bucks bit. for it. Yeah. So Everything, had, everything's expensive in Iceland. I had fish soup that was delicious. Yeah, I think I had something like that too. But things are expensive in Iceland. This is not a... Cheap one. We were paying nine bucks a gallon for diesel fuel. A liter. No, a gallon. When it calculates out, we were buying. Yeah, we're buying liters, but it calculated out. You just bend over and pay it. That's all you do. Be very careful. Be very careful here. Make sure you know what kind of gas or diesel goes into your vehicle. That's right. If you have a diesel, you might have to put the blue def in there that the uh, rental company didn't tell some other people that we met. Or like our kids, they um, they put the wrong fuel into a vehicle. They put gasoline into a diesel. That's which is, another story. That's very bad. Yeah. Okay, from there, we camped in Hofen that night. And we were going to drive up the, oh gosh, what side are we? We're on the east side of Iceland here on the Ring Road. Once again, we're doing the Ring Road, which is about 800 miles. Once you get to Hoffen, the traffic kind of dies down. Not that many people are way east. You know, it's, it tends to be a little bit more deserted and you feel like Iceland is more your own. Yeah, Hoffen is about as far as people go on the southeast side. Not as many people do the whole ring road. They do the golden circle, but they don't do the whole ring road like what we were going to. So we started driving up the east side. Beautiful, beautiful views. And we get to Dupe Volger. D-J-U-P. That's how we go. And the oil light in our camper came on. Uh, Problems. Yeah, I hate that. I don't like any kind of problems like that. Of course, our phones weren't working. We have a national company, but and I had them updated for an international travel, but your best bet when you're using a phone in a foreign country is to use a SIM card. That's which a lesson we learned. We haven't done it yet, but we're going to try it. But anyway, oil light went on. Finally, this young lady at a uh, restaurant let us borrow her phone. 
We called Go Campers. They assured us the oil had been changed and to ignore it. But that thing's sticking right there. Right. If you were watching it as you're driving thinking that it's going to die on you and you're out here in deserted lands. But we were in Dupay Vorger, which is a beautiful little, little tiny village. And we're driving around trying to look for some place. And we find this place that has this great big huge whale bones out in the front skeleton and it's kind of like a collector of everything store yeah it was called thor's cabin and it's not a touristy place way off the beaten path but you go in there and this guy's got tons of stuff rocks and skeletons and like that but he's also very much into the um old religion right old religion of Iceland. It, it kind of predates Christianity even. It's kind of like the old Viking thing. This religion, for lack of a better word, was called the uh, Northern Germanic religion. I don't know. They have some word that means God words. And one guy told us, yeah, it's the kind of religion worships the directions and what happens to you it was beautiful, and they have these symbols that explain things. Right. He, he told us no good thing came from the north. Nothing comes good from the north, because when you're in Iceland, it's exa- cold up north. Exactly. The north stor- the storms that could happen. So from there, that was just a little gem that we found driving around the town. When we had car problems. And we drove inland to Egostarweave. Very good. E-G-I-L. Egostanweave. There you go. Stanweave. And we found a place to camp. And we're going to cut it off here because our Iceland trip being 10 days, we're going to about up to a half an hour on this podcast. We're going to cut it off here and... We'll continue on our next podcast, Iceland Part 2. And we'll see you later. I love you, Cindy. Hey, I love you more. Nobody knows because love is true. And that's a kids love you.